welcome to the Better Man Sports Betting Podcast. I'm the host, Adam the Fade Grice, a betting professional, handicapper, and former sportsbook odds setter. On the Better Man Podcast, you can expect to hear obscure betting trends, the baddest beats we've found from the week, pros versus Joes, betting by numbers, bet percentages, and money percentages. On the Better Man Podcast, we want to give you the edge to be a better better. Alrighty there, everybody. Welcome into the Better Man NFL Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Adam the Fade Grice. And welcome on in here to NFL Picks for Week 3. We had a really solid Week 2 last week. If you followed the lines, our ATSs and our stat packs. With this week, it's uh, looking a little bit more like there could be a few upsets on the card. We have a few that we really like the look of this week and some that might surprise a lot of people. Now, with that said, we're going to move on here into the first game, which I have written down as the Carolina Panthers against the New Orleans Saints. It seems very likely that Andy Dalton is going to be holding down the fort for the Saints in this one with the Panthers catching a plus three line. Baker Mayfield is a very hard quarterback to want to bet on in this spot. However, I'm going to play with fire a second time this this season and back Baker Mayfield to uh, get the win here. I think that with Andy Dalton at the starter position that the Saints are actually worse off. There could be a spanner thrown in the works and we could see Taysom Hill. We most likely will see Taysom Hill at quarterback at some point, but he probably won't be throwing the ball. My line for this game I actually had set as minus 2.5 for the Panthers with plus 2.5 on the Saints. And when the actual line came out at the plus 3, I see a lot of value there in the Panthers. They should have won for us last week, but Baker just went full Baker mode and completely fucked that up for us. It's a bit of a shame, but it happens. My, my, my models and my analytical data that I use to pick my lines, the lines that I set for myself, has come this out at minus 2.5 for the Panthers. So that plus 3 for me is a bit of value. And I'm going to be taking the Panthers there on that plus three. The total is set at 41. With the quarterback situation and all the other problems going on for the Saints right now, I think that they're probably not going to score a lot of points. If they do, it would be a bit of a shock, especially with Alvin Kamara still hurt. I think Christian McCaffrey is in line for a big game here with the uh, problems the Saints are having. I think Matt Rule needs to get CMC involved a lot more because I think this game is where his job is on the line. If he comes out and shits the bed again, I think that the uh, Panthers aren't going to hang on to him for too much longer. I have Christian McCaffrey as the anytime touchdown scorer at minus 110, as well as the stat pack here being Christian McCaffrey going over 56.5 rushing yards, also at minus 110. Now the next one we move on to is one of my personal favourites this week we got the Chicago Bears and the Houston Texans, the revenge game of Lovey Smith here. I had this set at minus three for the Texans and plus three for the Bear. The actual line that you can get right now is minus two and a half for the Bears and plus two and a half on the Texans. I'm buying the Texans straight on the money line in this game. I think they win this one outright. They've got the better defense. The Bears' defense and their intangibles are being blown out because of the... The wet bowl they played game one against the 49ers, which they happened to squeak out. The second week we kind of saw who the Bears are. They can run a little bit, but they can't pass for peanuts. They had 11 pass attempts against the uh, Green Bay Packers. Yes, they could run the ball, but they're not going to be able to do that all the time. And The Texans' defense is actually heavily underrated right now. What Lovey Smith has done with the worst one of the worst units in football to what it is now is absolutely astounding. They're a real standout team so far this season. This matchup favours the Texans heavily. I think that the, the big matchup you need to watch here is going to be Laramie Tunsil against Robert Quinn. If Tunsil can keep Quinn in check, then the Bears will get absolutely zero pass rush and the run game will be free. The total for this one is 40 flat. I'm not really a fan of that total. I also had it around that 40 value myself, so I'm not playing the totals in this one. I think this game screams like a... A 2017 or a 2016 kind of game. I don't really see the team putting up a great deal of points here unless there's a few big runs broken. I have Damian Pierce, the running back for the Houston Texans, as my ATS in this one, as well as Damian Pierce going over 58.5 rush yards at minus 110. The ATS value was plus 130 on Damian Pierce. I think Pierce is going to be involved a hell of a lot more this week than he has been previously. I think he's probably going to see somewhere in the region between 16 to 20 totes, depending on how the game plays out. If they get ahead early, 
which is quite possible here. And they'll probably try to control the ball by running it. And I think Pierce has the skill here to actually be a, a quality running back in the NFL. And he has a pretty decent offensive line in front of him, as well as a couple of good blocking tight ends. So he's got every chance in the world here to have a big game. So my picks for that one, I'm taking Houston Texans straight up on the money line at the plus 120. You can get my plus 130 in some places still at the moment if you shop around a bit. I'm not touching the totals. I'm taking Damian Pierce as a touchdown scorer and Damian Pierce over that 58.5 rush yards here. Now we move into one of the most heavily bet public games here with the Kansas City Chiefs holding over 90% money on the week here. I don't really like this game at all. This this line movement has just been insane. I had this one myself personally set at plus 6.5, minus 6.5, minus 6.5 on the Chiefs, plus on the uh, the Colts. The actual line is plus 5.5, minus 5.5. I would have been expecting a bit more of a line shift with how much money is coming in on the Chiefs, but it's actually stayed hard-nosed on that minus 5.5. It's actually come in a bit from where it opened. The open was, I believe it was at 7. I think this is, some people would say this is a bit of a sharp trap, but for the love of God of me, you just will never see me bet on Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is more washed than your last dinner plate. It is just abysmal watching this man play football. I think Frank Reich is great value to be the first head coach fired at plus 700. After the stupidity that man pulled last week with Jonathan Taylor three yards out from a touchdown, he threw two times with Matt Ryan that resulted in a horribly missed incompletion and a minus eight yard sack. So that was where the Texans could have, uh, the Colts could have actually done something in that game. Instead, they left with their tails between their legs looking like total trash. They won't have Shaq Leonard. He's listed as out for this match. So that's the driving force on defense out as well. I don't really see any world where Matt Ryan, outside of flipping the ball to Pittman, is going to be doing anything in this game besides turning it over. I mean, I'm done. You'll never see me bet on Matt Ryan. You, you could put me in a room, you could put a gun to my head and say, you've got to bet on Matt Ryan. I'd look at you and I'd smile and I'd say, pull the trigger. I'm, I'll never bet on this, this, this garbage can. What he is right now is nowhere near the Matt Ryan of that MVP season. Just forget it. You just can't. There's just some quarterbacks right now that you just can't bet on. Matt Ryan is at the very top of that list. You just do not support Matt Ryan because he is dreadful right now. Is this a position where you think that he might have a good game? Possibly, but it's just... They have to be running Jonathan Taylor 30 times in this game. He has to get three touchdowns and go for 250 yards, and they'll probably still be two touchdowns behind. That's the kind of game this looks like. The, the total set at 50.5. I don't think it goes over because I just can't see the Colts scoring points because their offense is just pure mud, especially with Matt Ryan driving it. He just can't expect them to do anything. They're, they're that horrible to watch. I'm not even a Colts fan. It's just, that team is just pure grotesqueness. And I think Matt Ryan himself has to know that he's washed. This has to be his last season in the NFL because he just, it looks like he's trying to throw a ball with a broken arm. It's, it's, it's just abysmal. Now, we look at who the possible anytime touchdown scorer is for me here. I'm liking Clyde Woodsell-Hair here. I think without Shaq Leonard, there's going to be a bit of miscommunication on that defensive front against the run. While DeForest Buckner is generating a ton of pressure through the middle, I think CH is going to be great in the uh, little flick-back games because they do like to bring the heat, the Colts defense, which leaves them a bit exposed to the running back flips. So, yeah, we're going to, going to stick with the uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire ATS here. I think it's good value at the plus 150 as well. Matt Ryan over 0.5 interceptions at minus 140 is just gonna it's just gonna be a theme. Every time Matt Ryan plays, I expect there to be one or two interceptions unless he gets yanked from the game. Matt Ryan is that bad that he'll probably have two picks in this game because yeah, like I said, he's just mud. With that said, we'll move on to the next game. We got the hot property in Tua Tagovailoa against Josh Allen's Buffalo Bills. So we're talking about taking the Bills out of Buffalo and taking them to Miami Party Central. I think this is just the perfect storm in a teacup here for the Bills to dominate. The Dolphins came back into the last game because Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill combined to run the defensive backs for 4,600 yards. I don't think it's going to be the same case here because the Bills actually have good pressure up the middle. Von Miller is actually looking like vintage Von Miller this season. 
the Finns, they are able to make great long balls and great long plays, but when the pressure comes, Tua doesn't stand that strong. And the minus six that I had this set at off my, my settings, seeing the minus five and a half, I'm very happy to take that on the Buffalo Bills. I think they win this by seven. Probably more, because the thing with the Bills is if they cover a spread, they smash the other teams. So they either win, cover and smash, or they lose outright. And I don't think they'll be losing this one outright. This is just a great letdown spot for the Dolphins after that massive comeback against the Ravens last week. The 52.5 total, I like the overs here. I think both teams can score. I just think the Bills can score a lot more than the Dolphins can. Jalen Waddle again for my ATS this week. He's at plus 175, so bookmakers are starting to adjust because he was at plus 200s the first two weeks of the season. Looking for the third consecutive week for a touchdown for Waddle here. I think he can get there because he's got the speed to get past the back end of the Bills that's a bit beat up with injuries. So I like the Jalen Waddle plus 175 ATS here. I'm also taking Jalen Waddle for the over 63.5 receiving yards at minus 110. I think Tyreek Hill's going to get more attention than Waddle. And Waddle is just a sneaky good wide receiver. That was a really good class that he came out in. And if they don't give him enough attention, he's going to break a big one off. So the picks in that one is going to be the Buffalo Bills at the minus 5.5, the over 52.5, Jalen Waddle to score, and Jalen Waddle over 63.5 receiving yards. Now we have another pro game here. The Minnesota Vikings are the most heavily bet pro team Pro Gambler team this week in the NFL. I had this set at minus 7 for the Vikings and plus 7 for the Lions. The actual line is minus 6, plus 6, so I'm very happy to eat up that plus 6 on the Vikings. That's a key, uh, minus 6 on the, the Vikings. That's a key number right there. That also gives you a bit of insurance if, you know, a kicker misses a, 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 a pat, it's, it's, which is a common theme so far this season. The line in this one, too, is 52.5. I think Amon St. brown is going to continue his scoring ways here at that plus 137. And I'm going to take Jared Goff over 1.5 passing touchdowns at minus 105. I think this score is going to be like a 28-20 a kind of game. And Jared Goff's loving flicking the ball out the back to DeAndre Swift inside, inside the 10. I think there's a great chance that Amon Ra St. Brown gets a big one on this defense because the Vikings' back end doesn't have a great deal of speed and Harrison Smith is actually officially out now. So that gives Ra a bit less trouble on the uh, deeper balls and the deeper routes now. So I'm, in this game, I'm taking Minnesota Vikings minus six, the over 52.5, Amon Ra St. Brown anytime touchdown scorer, and Jared Goff over one and a half passing touchdowns. Now we move into another public darling, which is the Baltimore Ravens, who are currently holding over 90% of the money in this match. This is the one that I have such a big internal fight with. The pro in me says the Patriots. You've got to take that plus three. It's a key number. It's probably going to drop to the, the minus two and, or plus two and a half, minus two and a half by kickoff. The way the money's moving, it's just hammering the Ravens. This is your... Atypical spot to see Bill Belichick just dominate things because he's always had a good history against mobile quarterbacks and with Matt Judon, anything is possible. The Dolphins kind of laid out a blueprint on what you can do in order to spread the field on offense. The biggest question marks in this game is Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Those two are just two of the biggest meatheads at the coordinator position at the moment. Outside of Matt Canada and Todd Downing, of course, they're easily the worst two offensive coordinators in the NFL. The combination of Joe Judge and Matt Patricia is probably next at third. They are absolutely abysmal. I think this, though, however, is just like everybody's going against the Patriots because there's no Damian Harris. There's injuries afoot for the Patriots. Mac Jones isn't isn't really having a great sophomore campaign. But this is just that spot where you back Bill. Bill has a great history against the Ravens. He has a great history against Harbour. I think the most statistical thing that makes sense is to take the Ravens in the first half because the numbers back that up. They're one of the, they are actually the best first-half team in the NFL since Harbour took over as head coach. I do like the Patriots here, the pro me. Like the person that loves football is just saying, Ravens, 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 that's the square that lives in the back of your head. The pro says Patriots. You've got to take the Patriots at this plus three and how the money's moving. It's just, it's nuts. So I'm leaning the Patriots at plus three here. I can't actually bet this game. I can't bring myself to because I'm just too too much on an internal fight with how things go with my numbers and how my brain works. 
So I'm not betting the spread or a money line. I'm just going to leave this game out of anything that I do. I just think that it can really just go either way. That 44 total, I think my system says that this game's going to go over. I, again, I fight with myself because I just can't see a world where a world where Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, and Devante Parker just light up the light up the scoreboard unless Ramondre Stevenson has a Jonathan Taylor esque kind of performance with Harris out. I don't know. I can't really see it because there's too much Ty Montgomery being sprinkled in. There is a lot of options on the field to pass the ball around and move a bit on this Baltimore Ravens defense that is actually statistically the worst secondary in the NFL for yards allowed. So if anybody's going to be able to exploit that, it's going to be Bill Belichick. There's a lot of things to internally fight with when it comes to trends and data and analysis for this game. And when you see such a heavy number on of, of money coming in for the, the Ravens, uh, public bets for the Ravens, you've just got to go the other way. This is such a spot to hit the Patriots. The total at 44, like I said, I'm just I'm not touching either the total or the or the line in this one. It's just everything about it makes me fight myself, and when I fight myself, I don't like to do it. I think J.K. Dobbins coming back for the Ravens is going to see a bit more movement in the uh, the ground game for the Ravens. I think if they get close, they're going to try and fake everybody by running a, a ghost play for Lamar and getting J.K. Dobbins in. So I'm going to eat that plus 200 on Dobbins. I think that's great value, especially for a running back that's probably going to see a bit of action. I'm taking Lamar Jackson over 51.5 rush yards. I think he needs to be mobile in this game if he's going to beat this uh, Patriots defense because it comes in hard and fast. With Staley still kind of lingering about with a bit of an injury there on his offensive line, I think he needs to be mobile this game as much as he's trying to hold off on it. He needs to get around and move. And if he does that, he's going to easily go over this 51.5 rush yards at minus 110. Now we're moving into a... Uh, <laughs> this is a bit of a grotesque one, this one. We have the New York Jets and the Cincinnati Bengals. This is a game that features the quarterback with the third most passing yards in the NFL. No, that's not Joe Burrow. That's Joe Flacco. It's the Battle of the Joes. We've got average Joe against league, one of the league leaders in Superman Joe, Joe Flacco. Now, the Jets, they're just not getting enough appreciation or respect at the moment. This is a really, uh, really horrible spot for the Bengals. I think that the Jets' defensive line is actually capable of generating pressure here. So that means that Joe Burrow is going to have another horrible game. He's on track to be sacked 100 and, what was it, 111 times this season, which is absolutely atrocious, considering how much money the Bengals spent to repair the O-line that was even apparently not as bad last year as it is this year. Joe Burrow is going to be like David Carr. He's just going to get belted until his body says no more. He's going to retire after three or four years in the league if the Bengals can't keep him upright. It's just, it, it, I feel bad for the guy. Like he's, he's a good character, but the Bengals, they're just crucifying the young guy and I don't think that a, a defensive line like the Jets isn't going to be held out either they've got some really good pass rushes on the outside and that's the weakness of this Bengals offensive line and if they can get in there and clamp down on Joe Mixon and as well as on Joe Burrow it's it's going to be a, a really tough time for the Bengals to cover that minus six and a half. That is the actual line. My line for this was minus five and a half plus five and a half, which is a bit of a dead number, but that's what my system put out. With the extra half a point on the Bengals, I think I'm, I actually quite like the Jets here because they've got a lot of fight in them. Again, this is another one of those ones where the lines, Bengals with the backs to the wall, zero and three start. <sighs> you just can't really see... Joe Burrow going 0-3, but the way that offensive line is, they could go 0-10. I mean, they've got really great skill position players, but if you can't keep the person up that gets the ball to those players, it's yeah, it's a loss before you even start. With the total set at 45 flat as well, I'm, I think the Jets can put up points. This, this Bengals defense can be beaten. And if Joe Flacco keeps playing the way he's going to play, then... Of course, the, the Jets have great talent in that. Garrett Wilson, he had a massive game last week. They have a good back backfield with Michael Carter and Brees Hall. Great offensive line. It's been retooled and it's actually better than the Bengals. Joe Flacco hasn't really been under a lot of pressure so far this season and the Bengals' defense, defensive line isn't really bringing anything either in the way of pressure. So I think Joe Flacco can sit there and sling it around a bit. I don't think they're going to be running it 
too early. They're going to try and get a lead and then they'll bring out the feet. I don't think they will get that lead, however, because uh, I just, <laughs> yeah. It's another one of those ones where I internally fight with myself here, but I'm going to go with the, the the Jets here on that plus six. I just, I can't look past it. The Bengals just aren't stopping anybody from getting into their backfield, and that's just a recipe for the desert, re recipe for disaster here in this one. My anytime touchdown scorer for this, I've got Joe Mixon at the minus 110. I think they're just going to get the ball to him out of the backfield, not as a handoff, but as a passing play. I think he'll probably score on a screen or something in this one because he's just got too much skill once the ball gets in his hand. And I've got Joe Flacco at least throwing one intercept. I think he's going to he's going to try and challenge Jesse Bates in this one, and it's not going to pay off for him. Minus 140 is a bit of chalk, but I'm pretty sure Joe Flacco is just going to... He's going to be behind, and he's got to force one sometime at some point. And that's going to be how the game either ends or a half ends or something like that. So for this one, I've got the Jets at the plus six. I'm not touching the total. I've got Joe Mixon anytime touchdown scorer and Joe Flacco over zero and a half intercepts. Now we're going to move to the Tennessee Titans at home against the Las Vegas Raiders. Who would have thought that two teams that featured in the playoffs last year would be going against each other as zero and two champions? Ah, feels bad, man. The Titans are... In their last nine games against a team that is under .500, they are 2-7. and seven. That's not good. The Titans also will be without their left tackle, Taylor Lewan. They'll also be without... Uh, who was it that's been just recently listed out? Uh, let me have a quick look. It's... Dontrell Hilliard is questionable and likely to be out too with that hamstring injury. They have Bud Dupree, so their, their edge rush is gone as well now. It's going to be a hard game for the Titans to put up points again, and it's, it's, it's really hard to see a world where they win, especially when you've got a rookie on Devontae Adams who didn't get fed last week. This is the perfect storm in a teacup yet again for Devontae Adams to have a huge game on this secondary because it's just, it's, it's just terrible. And with Todd Downing calling plays for the Tennessee Titans, who's... Career speaks for itself with how he destroys successful offences. It's, it's really hard to see a world where the Titans cover that plus two. I mean, my line was plus two and a half, minus two and a half. It now sits at two. I believe it probably floats back out to the plus two and a half before kickoff. The total at 45 and a half, I'm, I'd, I'd lean more towards the unders unless the Raiders just go absolutely ham. The Raiders will be without Hunter Renfro and possibly Josh Jacobs, who's sick at the moment. I think one thing that the Titans are going to actually try and force here on the envelope is going to be Traylon Burks getting more targets because he's actually the best offensive weapon on the entire team. It's just Todd Downing refuses to use him because he's a moron. I mean, there's no bigger moron in the league than Todd Downing right now. He's the worst offensive coordinator. His decision-making as an offensive coordinator is just downright deplorable at times. Like, he's the only person on the face of the planet that would have thought that calling a tight end sweep on third and one was a great idea. I don't know how you look at your mirror, look in the mirror and look at yourself and say, God, that was a great idea. I mean, your nose must fucking go through the mirror like Pinocchio, just fucking foot smash. What dickhead. Anyway, moving back into it, we've got Traylon Burks is going to be my anytime touchdown scorer in this game. I think he's great value at the plus 240, especially with them saying, the Titans saying they want to get him more involved. I'm going to be taking Traylon Burks over that 38.5 receiving yards at minus 110 that's available on DraftKings. Now we're going to move into another big dog here, a divisional dog game. You've got the Washington Manders against the Philadelphia Eagles. I had this set at plus 4.5, minus 4.5. The actual line is plus 6.5, minus 6.5. So I'm very happy to take the Washington Commanders at that plus 6.5 here. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are the better team. I think the Philadelphia Eagles should win this game. I don't really think that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win by 7 necessarily. I think they'll probably win by 3 to 6. My system actually has this game as a 24-20 win for the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't really see... Too many points coming on the board because Washington does have a decent defense. It's just not been performing to the standard that is expected of it. The Eagles, on the other hand, their offense has been overperforming, so it's due a dip. And the one thing that commanders are good at is stopping mobile quarterbacks because they've got decent speed off the edges on their defense. 47 as the total. I would lean to the unders there. As I said, I've probably got this around the 44 mark this game. 
which is probably about fair because, as I said before, the Eagles are on par with a offensive dip in production. I do love that Logan Thomas anytime touchdown score at plus 300. That's just insane value for a dude that scored a touchdown last week. That's on bet 365. And I'm liking Miles Sanders to go over that 63.5 rush yards. I think they're going to be getting an early lead and they're going to lean on that rush yard to try, or the rushing, to try and cool down the, uh, the claw away at the clock. 63.5 is very achievable for Miles Sanders. At minus 110, that's, that represents great value as well. So the Washington Commanders at the plus 6.5. We take the unders in this game with Logan Thomas as the ATS and Miles Sanders over that 63.5 rushing yards. Now we have the Los Angeles Chargers against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And this is another one of those offensive line, defensive line battles because if the Chargers defensive line can get through a Trevor Lawrence here, then the Chargers can win this even with a banged up Justin Herbert. This is a, a true battle of the trenches here. So if Travis Eddyne and James Robinson can't make the defence stay honest, then this could be a bloodbath. As much as everybody loves the Jaguars right now, any team in the AFC South is just diarrhoea. They are absolute diarrhoea. And it's just like straight water. It's got no nuts or anything good in it. It's just straight water. You filled your pants and you've got a splodge on the back and you're just outside going, what the hell's wrong with me? The Chargers will have Justin Herbert playing with four rib cartilage fractures, I believe was the uh, word out, so they could definitely lean on Eckler in this game, so it'd be a great fantasy option if you have him. I think the uh, plus seven is probably a good number for the Jaguars. It's a key number. I'll be leaning more towards that Jaguars plus seven here with Justin Herbert banged up, because if they're running on the uh, leaning on the ground game, then there's a big chance that the uh, points will be far and few between and there'll be less clock to score with. I think the Jags can do it. I think Christian Kirk is going to be key and instrumental in the Jaguars staying in this one and possibly winning it. 47, I had this game set at 47.5 for the total myself. And I'm actually happy to take the overs in this one. I think both teams will be able to score pretty freely. The Chargers... Defense is being overrated because the uh, front seven can get pressure. The secondary has been... You can beat it. I mean, Derek Carr almost beat it when they lost... Uh, when uh, he this team blew it in week one. I've got James Robinson as the anytime touchdown scorer at the plus 100 here, as well as James Robinson over 12.5 rush attempts here at minus 115. It's a bit of chalk, but... I think if the Jaguars want to keep the Chargers honest, they have to run the ball more often, more frequently. And the best way to do that is through James Robinson. Now, for that game, I've got the Jaguars plus seven. <coughs> Sorry about that. Got the uh, Jaguars plus seven. We move on into the over 47. James Robinson, anytime touchdown scorer as well as the James Robinson over 12.5 rush attempts. Now we move into Micro Murray's team, Arizona Cardinals, against the banged-up LA Rams. My line set for this was the Cardinals plus 2.5 and, and the Rams minus 2.5. We're at a really horrible figure here at the plus 3.5, minus 3.5. The Rams don't deserve to be catching 3.5 here, so I'd lean towards the Cardinals at the plus 3.5. The Rams' defensive front has been a bit hit and miss so far this season, as well as the uh, offensive line for the Rams. Now, with that said, the Cardinals' defense is still pure mud. The secondary is still graded as one of the bottom four in the NFL, despite the big win last week. I think the offensive line for the Cardinals is going to have trouble because they've been broken through too many times before this season. Apologies, I've got a bit of a dry throat today. You've got Kyler Murray who is just running sideways, 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 back, 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 sideways, sideways, and just seems to make things happen. If Donald is getting through freely, that's not going to be happening this time because there'll be no respect no respect for the ground game. And the uh, Dorch leading wide receiver core doesn't really put fear in anybody. Kyler Murray is going to have to do a lot if the Cardinals are to win this game. While I don't have respect for either team in this one because they've got their faults, 
I will be taking the Rams here at that minus three and a half. Generally, you don't touch that figure. You lay those points because that minus three and a half with the hook, you've got to really find a way to work this one out. And with no running game for, for the Rams, it's really hard to see them putting up a lot of points. But with the Rams' defense being far superior to the Cardinals, I can't see Murray putting up a whole heap of points either. The 48 and a half, I, I've got this set at 44 myself. So I'm happy to take the under 48 and a half here. I've got Alan Robinson as a anytime touchdown scorer at plus 140, which I think is great value because he gets looked at in the red zone. They've just got to find a way to get there without a running game. Then I have Kyler Murray over zero and a half intercepts at minus 105. I think his wide receiving core lacks talent, and if he challenges Jalen Ramsey, he's probably going to be uh, turning the ball over pretty easily. <coughs> Now we move into the next one, which is the Seattle Seahawks at home to the Atlanta Falcons. I had this set at minus three for the Falcons and plus three for the Seahawks. The actual line is minus one Seahawks plus one Falcons. I believe this may change by the time kickoff comes. I think that the Seahawks are starting to trend as the favourite. There's a lot more money coming that way and a lot more public tickets. The Seahawks at home are different to the Seahawks on the road, but Marcus Mariota is a far better quarterback than Geno Smith. Art Smith also knows how to use Marcus Mariota greatly. He's being used in a mobile fashion. He's a smart guy. He plays the right ball. Drake London is emerging as a, as a wide receiver of the future for the Falcons here. And I see that the plus 225 value on Marcus Mariota to run a touchdown is just great value. You can't look past that because even 20 yards out, Marcus Mariota is a threat to score. He's fast on his feet. And he's not really turning the ball over. He had a bad game last week when he turned it over with a couple of ugly balls. But you've got to expect that when he's got some uh, greenhorn receivers and really Kyle Pitts isn't being used at all in this uh, Falcons offense at the moment, which is kind of strange for Mark Smith. I also have Geno Smith in the stat pack at over one, zero and a half intercepts at minus 117. I think he's going to try and flick the ball to DK Metcalf too many times and it's going to pay uh, a negative result for him. AJ Terrell is a great corner. If anybody's going to get a pick, it could be him. AJ Terrell is paying plus 300 for a pick in this game. So it could be good value with that as well. So for me, this game, I'm taking the Atlanta Falcons straight up. I think they're great value, plus money at the moment. I believe this one goes over the 42. Marcus Mariota, anytime touchdown score at the plus 225. And Juno Smith, over zero and a half intercepts. <coughs> Sorry about that, everybody. Now we move into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Green Bay Packers. Oh, this is a pick'em. The line's minus one, plus one. Pretty much a pick'em. At the total at 42, I have Robert Tonyan as an anytime touchdown scorer. And I have Tom Brady over zero and a half intercepts at minus 110. Now, there's a lot of public love for the Buccaneers right now and a lot of pro love for the Buccaneers right now. I, I struggle to see how the Buccaneers are going to be scoring and moving the ball. The defense from the, the Green Bay Packers is actually better than what's been shown so far this season. Jerry Alexander is a top corner. They've also got some great mobility and fast uh, fast linebackers and good edge edge pressure coming through as well from the Packers. I don't really see Leonard Fournette being able to be utilised the way Leonard Fournette normally is. Chris Godwin is out. Mike Evans is suspended. Julio Jones is still carrying that knee injury. I, I just can't see where the Bucks are going to be able to move the ball. Scotty Miller's not a good a good wide receiver. I don't see Cole Beasley coming in having a 200-yard game and three touchdowns in order for the, the Bucks to win this one. This could be a very low-scoring game between two legendary quarterbacks on their way out, something like a 17-14 or 17-20. The Packers have a great defense. The Buccaneers have a great defense. I don't see the secondary of the, the Bucks being better than that of the Packers, which is why I think Aaron Rodgers is going to actually be able to have his way here. I'm taking the Packers to win this one. They're good money at the plus value right now. It's plus two over, plus one ten. Sorry. The total is forty two. I, I think it's going to be too close to that to say take that figure. So I'm not going to be playing the totals in this one. I like Robert Tonyan again for the anytime touchdown score. I think he's getting more involved. His route runs, his target share, everything is slowly increasing now that they're they're trusting his knee a bit more. And I think he'll be looked at in the red zone here as well. And Tom Brady is definitely going to hes going to struggle to find a, a reliable target in this game with the two that he loves the most being out. 
So over zero and a half intercepts, I think he's great value at the minus ten on minus one ten on Tom Brady. So now we're going to move into the terrible Denver Broncos here. We've got the 49ers, another public darling with 92% of the money on them against the splundering Denver Broncos with Nathaniel Hackett, the moron head coach. The line was plus one and a half on my system for the Broncos and minus one and a half for the 49ers. Bookmakers have set it as exactly the same lines, plus one and a half, minus one and a half. The total is 45. I had this at 46. So I don't really see a world where the Broncos are going to be putting up 20 points. 49ers probably won't put up more than 20 themselves. Jimmy Garoppolo is under centre. It's it's still got Debo Samuel that's featuring out wide for the 49ers here. I think Debo Samuel's great money for an anytime touchdown score at plus 100. This vaulted de- defence from the Broncos is kind of falling off at the moment. Nobody really trusts or believes in the head coaches or the coordinators at the moment. Russell Wilson looks like a shadow of his former self. They're not really getting Javonta Williams into the game plan either, which is a big mistake. If you want to beat this 49ers side, you need speed on the edges and quick passes. I like Russell Wilson over zero and a half intercepts in this one against the 49ers defense. I think he's going to challenge too many corners and he's going to turn it over. Plus 100 for that is great value. So for me in this one, I'm taking the 49ers to win and cover that minus one and a half. Even though I really hate following public money, this one is a public money bet. Sometimes they have to win. Just to keep the bookmakers honest, I think this is one of those spots. Could It definitely feels like a uh, public trap, but I will continue to fade the Broncos until they show some signs of life. <coughs> the uh, 45 total, I, I, I lean toward the unders for that, but I won't be playing it. Debo Samuel, anytime touchdown scorer, and Russell Wilson over the 0.5 intercepts. Now, the last game on the board is the New York Football Giants against the Dallas Cowboys. Here is one hell of a match. You have a resurgent New York Giants offensive line that has looked really good so far this season. The interior of their offensive line has not. The strength of the Cowboys' defensive line is on the edges through Micah Parsons. They have no real pressure up the middle, so I think that Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley are going to have enough pressure to move the, uh, enough protection to move the ball in this one. I see a world where Kadarius Tony has a good game here because he's got the speed and shiftiness to get under the uh, the blitz pass rush coming through from the Cowboys. Reese James could also be a sneaky play in this one too. Now, the next one that we're going to be thinking about here is can the Dallas Cowboys get things done with Cooper Rush under centre? My minus 2.5 for the Cowboys, plus two and, uh, minus 2.5 for the Giants and plus 2.5 for the Cowboys. I don't really rate Cooper Rush. It was a bit of a lucky spree last week because Parsons could have his way with that offensive line from the Bengals. It's not really going to be the same against the Giants. As much as it pains me to say it, I think that the Giants are the the better side here. I think they win this one. I think they win and cover that minus one as well. The 39 total is really low. That just speaks to the MO of the Giants this season. Grubby, tough, hard, fight them out kind of games. And that's what you've got here. They, they've got to try and keep the Dallas Cowboys honest. They've got to try and keep Noel Brown in, in check. And I think that they're going to be able to do it. My system says that the Giants win this one, and I'm very happy to follow that. Even though I really hate taking these really low minus lines, the minus one is a pretty dodgy number to take when it comes to betting. However, I feel that this is going to be a low-scoring game. The 39 is a pretty pretty much an integer of saying how low this one's going to be for a primetime game. You're probably looking at like a 37-38 total kind of score. I have Noah Brown to score at the plus 110. He was seeing a lot of targets from Cooper Rush last week. I don't think there's any reason that, that should change, considering how, how bad the secondary is from the Giants. I also have Micah Parsons in the stat pack over zero and a half sacks. I think he will get through at some point. They'll shift him to, to take a run through the middle because from guard, center guard, that Giants offensive line can be beaten. From tackle and tackle, I don't feel it can. So Micah Parsons will be used through the middle and he'll knife through and get that sack. So for me this week, we're going to be looking at the best ATS picks I've got on the board, the ones that I like the most. I, I'm a big fan here of the James 
Robinson touchdown here for the Jaguars against the Chargers. I think they're just utilising him in a way where he's just going to get the chances. I'm loving the Amon Ra St. Brown touchdown at plus 137. I feel that he's going to get those 12 targets, and for his career, when Amon Ra St. Brown has 12 targets or more in a game, he scores a touchdown in 80% of those. That's dating back to last season. So he's got the uh, numbers behind him, and I like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as well as a touchdown scorer this week. Those are my three best for that. My three lines that I like the most is going to be the Minnesota Vikings at that minus six, the Houston Texans at the plus two and a half, and the Carolina Panthers at the plus three. As much as I hate backing Baker, I'm going to do it again. I feel like backing Baker is me putting a fork in a power socket, but... I'll continue to zap myself until it pays off. Once you bite the cherry, you keep going till you get to the seed. My favourite stats for this week, my stat pick, I'm still going to stick with Matt Ryan over that 0.5 interceptions. I think he's just garbage. Garbage does what garbage does. Big fan of Traylon Burks over that 38.5 receiving yards. I feel he's going to be used a lot more in the game as well. And my other one that I like the most is going to be tough, but I'm going to be sticking the Micah Parsons over zero and a half sacks in there for the stat pack. All right, everybody, that's the end of this this podcast. I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. Big shout out to our sponsors, betchimps.com, where they'll look after all your sports betting needs. That website again is betchimps.com. Welcome into the Fades Better Man NFL Betting Podcast, NFL Week 4 Picks. We've got everything here for you. The Beast ATS pick is back. The Stat Pack, Get Totaled, and Spread Sandwich. Everything is returning to this episode, so you better buckle up. We're going to roll straight into that first game on the board here. The one that's in Beef Eater Country over the pond in England. We've got the New Orleans Saints against the Minnesota Vikings. I had this game set as a minus three line for the Minnesota Vikings against the banged-up Saints. We've got Kamara under health questions. We've got Winston out, Dalton starting. We have injuries across the board to receivers with Michael Thomas out for the Saints. Seems like this should be a game where the Vikings can just run away with it as it is right now. My total for this was set at 40. The actual bookmaker total is 41.5. My ATS pick for this one is Adam Thielen. And there is a massive hit of sharp money coming in on Mark Ingram over his rushing yard total in this contest. So we're taking that in a stat pack too with Mark Ingram over 19.5 rushing yards at minus 110. That's what the value on this was at the time of recording. That most likely will go up with all the sharp money coming in on this stat. There's not much to be said about this. The Vikings are in a bounce back spot here. If it's seen as a primetime game to, to Kirk Cousins, then it could be closer than we all expect because the man pisses down his leg when it's a primetime game. We've all seen it. The man is 2-10 and 10 in primetime. That is utterly embarrassing. We still have that minus three line, which gives us the push value as long as the kickers can do what they're paid to, which doesn't happen very often at the moment. But we're going to stick here with the minus, the minus three on the Vikings here with the... I think this one probably stays around that 41.5. I don't see where the Saints are going to be getting their points from unless Olave really pops off. Adam Thielen to get a sneaky touchdown at good value at that plus 140 value right now and Mark Ingram over the 19.5 rushing yards. We're going to move into another one, which is a team that many people would have heard me say had a chance to win the NFC South this year. It's the Atlanta Falcons. Now, I had them set at minus one against the Cleveland Browns with the expectation that Devion Clowney and Miles Garrett would be out of this one. The chance is that Miles Garrett's about 40-60 that he'll play at the moment from what the reports are saying. If he isn't playing, then I expect that this plus one actual line will probably flip to either a pick'em or minus on the Falcons. My total for this one was set at 47.5 and, and the total line came in at 47. I've got Nick Chubb as an anytime touchdown scorer because I think he's going to be able to get through this rush defense from the Falcons, which is actually a sore spot for this team. It's not as good as it should be. And I have David and Joku over 35.5 receiving yards at minus 110. I think he's going to be a safety blanket for Jacoby Brissett, which is the way it's presented so far this, this, at this point of the season. I think nothing's going to change there because the Falcons are actually quick off the engines and he can get really quick dump-offs to his safety blanket in Njoku. 
The Falcons, on the other hand, they've still got Cordell Patterson, who's the converted wide receiver that's just absolutely killing the game as a running back. He's the third, with I believe, the third highest rushing total for running backs in the NFL right now. And we have just Nick Chubb, who's just doing his thing week in, week out, getting touchdowns all over the place. It's not really a great matchup for both teams because the strength of each team is the weakness of the other team's defense. So that 47 total could be under threat here. I had this actually penciled down as a 48 to 52 total for the game. I had this as a 28-25 win for the Atlanta Falcons. Good enough for 53 points there. We'll move into the next game, which is one of the most sharp bet games on the board. We have the Baltimore Ravens against the Buffalo Bills. Both teams are still recovering from injuries. The Ravens secondaries had some games up their sleeve with the recent uh, comebacks from injury in their defensive ranks. The secondary is looking a bit better with some dust knocked off the uh, the boots there, where the Bills are probably likely going to be without Poyer. The, the reports midweek were okay. I think Jackson's probably going to be out still too, and I think there's just too many missing across the defensive front from the Bills to be able to stop Lamar Jackson here. And he's just been smashing it. I don't think there's been enough said about how insane Lamar Jackson has played so far in the season. He's got 10 total touchdowns in three games. It's just it's absolutely nuts. He's putting up Madden numbers week in, week out. And he's the clear-cut MVP favourite right now. I had this one set at 51 as my total. The actual total is 51 as well. The plus three and a half is what I had for the Baltimore Ravens. The actual line is plus three, and this has been drilled down by Sharps because the opening was actually plus three and a half. So now it's come down with all the Sharp money that's coming in, and it's possibly going to drop to that plus two and a half value. So if you want to get on it, I'll get on it quick before that value disappears. I have Rashad Bateman as a anytime touchdown scorer because I think he's just got that big play ability in this one with the secondary banged up by the Bills. My system has him as a, as a probability of around 30% to score in this game, which is good enough to take him. He's also a plus money, so you can't complain with that. We have also got Devin Singletary as the stat pack. He just needs to go over 14.5 receiving yards. I think he's going to be involved in the passing game a lot because the, the Bills really need to get quick passes out to avoid the pass rush coming through from the Ravens. This 14.5 is actually pretty low for Singletary, who beat this last season quite uh, last week quite simply. The minus 110 represents great value as well. We're going to move into the next game here, which is the Dallas Cowboys against the Washington Manders. I had this set at plus 4.5, minus 4.5, and, and it's actually minus 3 Dallas. The total was 46.5 for me. The actual total at the bookmaker is 41.5, so I think maybe based off that discrepancy between my system and the bookmakers here, I think that this is probably an unders kind of game, which doesn't really sit well with me, so I wouldn't be playing the totals in this one at all. I'll leave this one off the board for myself. I don't really enjoy too much about this game. I think there's great value in the Cowboys defensive team or defensive special teams to get a touchdown in this game. I think a big hit coming through from Micah Parsons will lodge the ball free on Carson Wentz, who's a fumble machine, and that represents great value at plus 500 that I saw the Cowboys getting a defensive touchdown with. I have Carson Wentz over one and a half passing touchdowns as well, plus 175. I think he's just going to be slinging it left and right. I think Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, also Johan Dotson, they're all dangerous receivers, especially you've got Logan Thomas in the mix there too, as well as J.D. McKissick and Antonio Gibson out the backfield. There's a lot of scoring potential there. It's just all depends on old boy Carson Wentz, whether he's going to throw the ball to the other team or he's just going to run around in circles like a deer in headlights because he's a muppet. With that said, we're going to stick with the Dallas Cowboys covering that minus three here. We're not touching the totals. I don't really like it when there's such a big discrepancy between what I have and the bookmakers have. The Cowboys DST getting that defensive touchdown is good value. And Carson Wentz over one and a half passing touchdowns is the stat pack. Now we roll on into the next game, which is the Detroit Lions and the Seattle Seahawks. This is another pro-angle game. This game is minus two. I had this set at minus two and a half for the Detroit Lions. It's actually at minus three and a half, which I really just don't think the Lions can cover that kind of a spread, especially with all their injuries. DeAndre Swift is out. Amon Ross St. Brown is out. TJ Hawkinson's banged up. Jared Goff's still the quarterback. The defense is missing key pieces. Seattle's not as bad as everybody thinks they are. Even without Jamal Adams, that defense is still solid. This, this game screams that... Rashad Penny or DK Metcalf is just going to take control on offense for the Seattle Seahawks. Geno Smith isn't terrible. He gets the ball where it needs to go. So that's the, the biggest key point to be made here. For me, 
I can't trust the lines of that minus three and a half. It's just too big. So I'm going to follow the pro money here and take the, the uh, Seattle Seahawks at that plus three and a half. It feels gross saying that, but you can't complain. I have the total here at 42 and a half, and the actual total is at 48 flat, which is another big discrepancy. I just can't see where the Lions are going to get all their points from with all those injuries they have. I can't see how they're going to move the ball successfully all, all day long. I've got DK Metcalf as my anytime touchdown scorer at plus 120, as well as DK Metcalf over 60 and a half receiving yards in this one. I think he's just got a great matchup out on the outsides with any of the Detroit Lions defensive backs. He's just too much of a machine, and I think Gino's got the idea now after last week that he can throw it in this man's catch radius, and he's going to catch it. So we're going to start seeing a lot more productivity out of Metcalf this 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 week. That's going to be a continuing trend as the season goes on as their, their opponents start to get a bit softer that aren't in their own division. Now we're going to move into the next game, which is another big, big disappointment. The LA Chargers here, everybody had high hopes on this team coming into the season. They've picked up a plethora of injuries like they always do, and it's just, what can you do with these guys? It's just disappointment again for the, the whole seven fans that turn up to watch them play and the Houston Texans are actually surprisingly good side when they try to win which also isn't very often so they're probably not going to win this either because they just don't know how to win. The LA Chargers are minus five and a half my line was minus five and a half so it sits right on where they, they value it I just I don't like either team in this contest I'm not going to take the Texans or the Chargers here on a, on a money line pick it's just it's too, too much of a risk because the Chargers are missing so many pieces on defence that Damian Pierce could just run all over them all day. The Chargers also have the chance to run all over them all day with the, the seven yards per carry they're allowing, with Austin Eckler needing this to be a get-right spot for him because he's having a pretty slow start to his season. If you've uh, drafted him on your fantasy team, then RIP to your fantasy team the first three weeks. We have the total from me set in this one at 40. I don't rate either side's offence to score a lot here especially with Mike Williams playing the vanishing man almost every second week at the moment. The total was actually 45 flat. I'm not touching the totals in this one at all. I don't like it. I've got it set low. They've got it set high. Discrepancy is too much for me. I just don't like it. This game's going to have a lot of variance that's going to swing either way. If I have to pick an anytime touchdown score, I'm going with Damian Pierce because there's just nothing that's going to stop him on the Chargers' defense. Only Khalil Mack, and he can run, he can run away from it because Mack's not that fast. I've got Damian Pierce at over 64.5 rushing yards here too as the stat pack. Minus 110 for that as well. We move into the Indianapolis Dolts here against the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans have won the last three against the spread and straight up against the Dolts in Indianapolis. I had this line set minus 2.5 for the Dolts, plus 2.5 for the Titans. The actual line is minus 3.5 on the Dolts and plus 3.5 on the Titans. I had the total set at 41.5. The actual total is 43 flat. My sneaky ATS pick for this one is going to be Alec Pierce, who's going to be lined up against a rookie receiver all game. So if Matt Ryan still has half a brain cell inside that empty skull of his, he's going to be attacking Alec Pierce, who's going to have a wonderful matchup all day. This is a rookie guy that he can try and get some confidence in with and build some sort of a connection. I have zero faith in Matt Ryan to do anything that makes logical sense. Good thing for the Indianapolis Colts is that they'll never have to worry about a concussion on Matt Ryan because there's nothing inside of his skull. We're going to move on to the stat attack filled stat pack for this contest, and I've got Derrick Henry over 86.5 rushing and receiving yards at minus 110. The Titans showed their willingness to get the big man involved in the passing game as well. I think he's going to be right around that 65 to 70 rushing yards total in this one, plus an extra. Four to five targets to convert to about another 27, 20, 28 yards. That'll be enough for him to get over this total. I really like the total here on Derrick Henry. It's a, it's a great combination of his skill set and their willingness to involve him in the passing game. Now, the next game is definitely the most ugliest game on the board. We have the two most undeserving 2-1 and one teams in the NFL, the New York Giants and the Chicago Bears. Now, I have the New York Giants set at minus 5.5 here. The actual line is minus 3 for the Giants. I had 42.5 as my total. The actual total is 39.5. I have Saquon Barkley as an anytime touchdown scorer, and as a stat pack, I've got absolutely nothing. I just have zero interest in this game. I'm not vested in it at all. It is a completely horrible matchup. You have Justin Fields, who has the lowest passing yard total seen in betting since 2004 at 142.5 passing yards for this contest. That just shows you how bad the Bears' passing attack is and their willing lack of willingness to trust, trust Justin Fields to pass the ball here. 
if I had to pick a pick a team this one, I'd be taking the Giants at the minus three because I just don't trust the Bears' defense to stop Saquon. And for the totals, I'd probably say under because I just can't see where the Bears are going to score outside of Khalil Herbert having a huge day. Now moving to the next game, which is one of the most public darlings on the board, it would be the Jacksonville Jaguars coming off that 28-point win over the Chargers against the Philadelphia Eagles. Fun stat here. Teams coming off a victory margin of 24 points or more and are going on the road against another team that is coming off a win. They are 0-11 and 11 straight up. That's pretty daunting statistic for the Jaguars heading into this one. I had the Philadelphia Eagles minus 4 in this one. The actual line is minus 6.5. My total for this was 48.5. The actual total is 45.5. I've got Devonta Smith to score at any time in this game because I just think after how he played last week, he was absolutely electric. Almost had magnetic hands when the ball went anywhere near him. And I also like a sneaky play here because John Dotson really got behind the Jaguars in the first week of the season, which is the exact role that Quez Watkins will be in. So I like Quez Watkins to go over 12.5 receiving yards at minus 110 here. I think it's a really great valued play, and it's really sneaky. I don't think a lot of people will be thinking about this one. Watkins getting behind that secondary of the Jaguars will open this game up massively for the Eagles. Whether or not Jalen Hurts can make that pass or not, that's, that's another discussion. But for now, we'll be taking the Philadelphia Eagles at that minus 6.5, be leaving the totals alone, Devonta Smith to score, and Quez Watkins over the 12.5 receiving yards. Now we move into the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New York Jets being played at Akershaw Stadium. God, that's a horrible name for a stadium. I'd rather be named after a bottle of sauce. I had this one set at minus one for the Steelers and plus one for the Jets. The actual line is minus three for the Steelers, plus three for the, for the Jets. And I've been able to talk to a few of my contacts and there's actually been a lot of professional money that have come in for the Steelers in this one. There's been multiple $200,000 bets recorded across different books in Las Vegas. The Steelers are one of the sharpest bets on the board this week, and I like to follow sharp money. So that minus three on the Steelers is definitely going to be one of our spread sandwich picks. I'm, I'm very happy to put them in there. So they're definitely a spread sandwich pick. I don't like the total in this one. I had it set at 39.5 because I just can't really see where the points are going to come from with Zach Wilson coming back for the Jets. 41.5 is what it's been set at, so... I'll just leave that alone. I've got Pat Frymuth as a touchdown scorer. Pat Frymuth statistically is the safest target for Mitch Trubisky. The problem with that being the case is that the Steelers have an offensive coordinator that wouldn't know what a piece of data or statistic is if it hit him in the face. He does everything opposite to what this, how this offense would actually function. Matt Canada is like putting a thermometer in the snow trying to record the heat. He's an absolute peanut. I don't know why he's still got a job. I guess Tomlin's faithful to a fault. I guess you can say that's a positive from Tomlin, but Matt Canna's an absolute nupty and he should not be an offensive coordinator. I'm not even a Steelers fan saying that, so leave it as you will. Pat Frymuth as my ATS. I've got Chris Boswell in the stat pack going over 7.5 kicking points here at plus 105. Now we're going to move into the potentially run CMC-less Carolina Panthers against the Arizona Cardinals. I had the Panthers set at plus 2.5. The actual line is minus 1 on the Panthers right now. I think this will switch if CMC does get announced out. I had the total set at 44.5. The actual total with the bookmakers was 43.5. Again, not a great total there. I think I'll leave that alone. I do love the Cardinals in this spot. This is a real get-right spot because... As much as everybody hates Cliff Kingsbury, he's one of the best coaches on the road. He's on the road here. He's in a bounce-back spot. We really like taking Cliff in these positions because he's money. We've got Zach Ertz as the anytime touchdown scorer, and I've got Baker Mayfield trying to force one DJ Moore because he's been getting ripped for the lack of targets to Moore all week. So he's going to force one that way, and I'm pretty sure it's going to get picked off because Baker Mayfield is just an absolute garbage can. So over 0.5 interceptions on Baker Mayfield, minus 110, that's money. That'll definitely be in... Actually, no, it won't be in my stat pack. I left it out. I went elsewhere for that, so we'll leave that as a surprise. But for this one, we're taking the Arizona Cardinals on that plus one. Maybe even sprinkle the money line because the plus one's a pretty dead number. We'll be taking the overs in this one. I think the Cardinals defense and the Panthers defense probably going to allow a little bit too many points. 
And we're going to be looking at that Baker Mayfield over 0.5 intercepts and the Zach Ertz ATS. Now we're going to move into a really interesting game here. There was a lot of sharp money coming in for the Raiders earlier in the week, and that switched to now be the Broncos, who were the darlings with professional betters. I can understand why, because there's a lot of pressure on Russell Wilson to actually prove his worth for that massive contract that he's gotten. He's not shown it yet that he's actually worth that kind of money with missing wide-open targets. Absolutely, by light years, he's missed targets all season long. Nathaniel Hackett isn't the sharpest tool in the shed when it comes to head coaches. He's got a position here where he can get it done because he's against another head coach who is probably worse than he is. Josh McDaniels just shouldn't be a head coach. He's, he's a coordinator and he should just stay there. He's, he's nothing better than a coordinator. It's just like I've said many times, there are some people in this world that are just really good at something and really terrible at others. Some people are just really good offensive or defensive coordinators and are terrible head coaches. They should just accept the fact that they can't be a head coach. Josh McDaniels is one of those people. He should go back to being an offensive coordinator because he's good at it. He's a terrible people manager and he's a terrible play or skill identifier and he can't be a head coach. It's a big misstep by the Davis family to employ this man. I don't think he's probably going to see out this year if they go 0-4. He's probably out the door next week. He could be the first coach fired even though I thought it should have been Frank Wright. Last week saved him. We're looking here now at the, the Denver Broncos, and I've got them set at a PK, pick them with the Raiders. The actual line is minus 2.5 now for the Broncos. Big fan of the Broncos. It's minus 2.5 because the Raiders' defense is just pure mud. I think Javonta Williams is going to be able to get a lot of yardage against this defense and put them in a winning position. I had the total set at 39.5. The actual total from the bookbacks is 45.5, so this is the type of uh, total that I'd probably look to go under because I just can't see where the points are going to come from when the Raiders can't get anything on this Broncos defence and, well, the Broncos offence can't really score on a wet paper bag. So I think Javonta Williams here, coming from my system, says that Javonta Williams is going to be the ATS scorer, and I like Javonta Williams over 76.5 rushing, receiving yards at minus 110. I think he's going to have a good game here because the Raiders' defence is just really that bad. They are absolute mud. Now we're going to move into the next game, which is the Green Bay Packers against the New England Patriots without Mac Jones. They've got Brian Hoyer, or on his birth certificate, Axel Hoyer. So we're looking at the minus 5.5 is what I had for the Green Bay Packers. This was prior to Mac Jones being listed as out 45 minutes ago. The line has since shifted to minus 9.5 for the Packers, which is probably about right. I had the total set at 42.5, mostly because I think the Packers are going to be able to score somewhere between... 24 and 28 points in this one. The Patriots, I can't see where they're going to be getting many points from because the Packers' defense is good against the pass. It's good against the run. Ramondre Stevenson's not a frightening running back. It's hard to see Hoyer throwing a million passes for touchdowns in this one as well. As I've said that, I'm really liking the overs in this one. The 40 is a pretty low, pretty low number, but I wouldn't touch it because, just because I can't trust what the Patriots are going to do. I do like Robert Tonyan Jr. as an anytime touchdown scorer, and I really love Tonyan Jr. to go over the 23.5 receiving yards. That's going to be a, a stat pack pick there, that one. Robert Tonyan over the 23.5 receiving yards. Now we're going to move into the next game, which is the Tampa Bay Bucks hosting the Kansas City Chiefs in Tampa. It's said that there's going to be good weather in Tampa after Hurricane Ian caused a lot of problems, so thoughts and prayers to those that are in the affected areas. But with that said, I had this game set as a pick in between the Bucks and the Chiefs. The actual line is plus one on the Bucks and minus one on the Chiefs, but this line has just been flippy floppy, flippy floppy, flippy floppy for the last 12 hours. The, the Bucks got as low as minus one and a half. The Chiefs have been up to minus two. Now they're back to minus one. It was minus one and a half, then it was back to minus one where it is now. I had the total set at 41. The actual total is 45 and a half. Again, bit of a discrepancy there, so I'll leave the totals alone in this one. I love Mike Evans to score on his return. I think Tom Brady's going to show him the love for standing up for him against the Saints. So he's going to get a lot of targets and he's going to, be, he's going to get him stared down in the red zone like Tom Brady likes to do when he returns favours. As for a stat pack in this one, I like Patrick Mahomes to throw over 0.5 intercepts at minus 110 here. I think he's going to challenge the wrong part of the field because he doesn't trust his receivers. And that's going to lead to a turnover here. Now, we're going to look at the last game. This is Monday Night Football. We have the San Francisco 49ers against the LA Rams. 
My line was plus three on the 49ers. The actual line is minus one and a half on the 49ers. How? I've got no fucking clue, but that's where we are. I guess nobody watched what happened to Jimmy G once Trent Williams left because he just got absolutely annihilated behind the offensive line and everything just went to pot. The LA Rams at plus one and a half is a great play. It's actually one of the sharp, another sharp play on the board. We're talking about the totals here now. I've got this set at 40 and a half. The bookmakers had this set at 42 and a half. I think the Rams' defense is going to be adequate enough to shut down the 49ers here, and the unders of that 42.5 is actually probably pretty good value. This is going to be like a 17-20, 17-23 kind of game. I don't see where the 42.5 will come into play here. Cam Akers is my anytime touchdown scorer here, and I've got Jimmy G over the 0.5 intercepts in this contest at minus 105. Now, that's all the, board, the games on the board here today. We're going to roll into my boost ATS picks. We've got DK Metcalf, Nick Chubb, and Damian Pierce as the trip stack there. All the singles and as a multi, I think DK Metcalf has a great great matchup this week. Same with Nick Chubb and Damian Pierce against two rather weak run defenses. As for the stack pack, we're taking Robert Tonyan Jr. over the 23.5 receiving yards. Jimmy G over the 0.5 interceptions because I think he's just going to be running screwed behind that offensive line with... Just absolute pressure coming through from Aaron Donald here. There's not really anything that's going to be stopping him on that offensive line because without Trent Williams, it's it's a mess, that line. And then we're taking Devin Singletary over the 14.5 receiving yards. They are all as singles and as a multi or a parlay or an accumulator, depending on what part of the world you live in. And now it's time for the get totaled. We've got the Titans Colts. Under, we're taking that under the 43 flat total there. There's not really anywhere where these two teams can score a lot of points. The Titans do have a pretty porous run defense right now, which could spell disaster if Jonathan Taylor gets going. But I think this is going to be a battle of the two running backs as opposed to the, 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 the two quarterbacks because the two running backs are going to want to outdo each other. And that doesn't really scream a high-scoring game. It's probably going to be like a 13-16 or a 13-17 kind of game. Now, the next over-under, I've got the Jags and the Eagles going under that 45.5. So that's another interesting one. There's just too much money coming in on the overs. Everybody just thinks it's going to be a blowout. One of these teams is probably going to struggle to put up points. That team most likely will be the Jaguars against a top-five defense. I've got this marked down as a 27-17 win for the Eagles here. So that would cover that spread too. And the last total that I was playing was the San Francisco 49ers under that 42.5. So those are all as singles and as a multi. Now we're going to look at that spread sandwich here. This is the top spreads that I have rated on the board. It's the Vikings minus 3. I think they've just got too much of an edge against the Saints with all their outs this week. The Steelers minus three, so you just sometimes you just got to hold your nose with how much something stinks and follow that pro money because it generally results positively for your ROI on your betting investments. And now we're going to take the Cardinals at that plus one with Cliff Kingsbury just being a warrior on the road. You can't really say anything against him. His, his win-loss record on the road is one of the best in the NFL right now. I'm just not going to go against it. It's that simple. So the Cardinals plus one, Steelers minus three, and the Vikings minus three. Those are all your spread sandwich picks for this weekend. So we're going to try and wrap this up in under 30 minutes. We're sitting at 26 minutes right now. Just run through all those again. The Beast ATS is DK Metcalf, Nick Chubb, Damian Pierce, Stat Pack, Robert Tonyan over 23.5 receiving yards, Jimmy G over 0.5 intercepts, Devin Singletary over 14.5 receiving yards. Get totaled is the Titans under the Jags under, and the 49ers under. So we're looking for a lot of low-scoring games this week, and with the weather that's coming across, it's probably a good week to look at unders. The spread sandwich, plus one cards, minus three Steelers, minus three Vikings. That is everything you wanted to hear from the NFL Better Man podcast. I hope to hear from you all in social media channels. Come after me at The Fade on Twitter, at RealTheFade on Instagram as well as at the fade on Vera. Good luck with all your bets. Peace out, and let's make some money.